Are you struggling to make your first 100K or next? Are you pretending you're successful but barely getting by? Are you tired of comparing yourself to millionaires and billionaires who make it look so easy? Welcome to First 100K, the number one entrepreneur voice in America. I talk about the important things that no one else is talking about, like how to make your first $100,000, because I believe this is where 90% of entrepreneurs get stuck. And I tackle the mental game of entrepreneurship that we all secretly struggle with but won't admit. My guests are successful entrepreneurs who share their mistakes, their number one fears, their daily habits, and their superpowers that push them over the 100K mark. I'm your host, your coach, your friend, Joseph Warren. I'm also a 10-time failed entrepreneur and the owner of two co-working spaces here in Tampa, Florida. This show was created for you, the entrepreneur who's pushing to break through the elusive 100K milestone. Wherever you are in your business, you're just 100K away. Today, our featured guest is fearless entrepreneur, Vic Tipness. Just really out there motivating other entrepreneurs about hustle and grind, pushing through the pain of the first, say, three to five years of whatever it is they're trying to build. Sure. Well, thanks for having me on the show, and thanks for the wonderful introduction. Um, so my name is Vic Tipness. I'm founder and CEO of Blackstone Medical Services. We're a national sleep testing company. Uh, we provide a test that you can do in your home in order to diagnose obstructive sleep apnea. And that's a lot more convenient than having to go to a hospital or a sleep lab to get mm. that test done. So we work with uh, nationally with um, all the major healthcare providers to be able to provide their patients with access to this test. Gotcha. And now sleep apnea is becoming more prevalent, isn't it? Yeah, it's very prevalent. What's causing the increase, if you don't mind me asking? I know the show's not about this, but I'm just curious. Sure. Yeah, the number one thing is uh, obesity. I mean, there's uh, 70 to 90 million Americans that are undiagnosed with sleep apnea in the U.S. alone. So it it is one of the, or it has been classified as one of the top 10 global health concerns of our, of our, of our time. Uh, take a minute and share with us something personal that very few people in your business life know about you. Hmm. I'm an artist. Really? Yeah. See, I didn't know that, and we've been friends for years. Yeah. What type I, of art? I draw. Like, Pen- pencil draw. For real? Yeah. I did that growing up. That's yeah. so cool. Love it. Okay, so Vic, let's get down to business. Our audience always wants to know, how much revenue did your business bring in last year approximately? I'd say between 5 and 10. 5 to 10 million. Awesome. And what are you on track to gross this year? I know you guys are having explosive growth. Uh, what did you say, 325% growth over had, the past three years? We had 325% growth over the last three years, yeah. That's sick. What uh, percent of growth are you on track for this year? This uh, we're going to double again this year. Wow. Yeah. Fantastic. Congratulations. Yeah, thanks. Seriously, that's real. Thanks. And then you and I, before we went on the show here, uh-huh. um, you know, I was just saying how you're a local Tampa guy here, you know, building a business in Tampa. I've known you for years, and it's like there's a – Still just a select few of us, a handful of us, when so many of the people that were around us talking all that hype yep. about what they're going to do in the world and mm-hmm. what they're going to do in Tampa and all this, they gave up. They quit in their businesses. They quit in their dreams. And you didn't because that's really, at the end of the day, entrepreneurship. 
It's about not quitting. It's about seeing it through, right? right? That persistence. Yeah. yeah. Because even with persistence, you could take a decent idea, an okay idea, and over time turn into a successful business. Yeah, absolutely. What yeah. shows up for you in that? Totally agree. I think that uh, you know you you just cannot give up. I mean, you're going to have adversity. You're going to have challenges. You're going to have uh, people that cross you. You're going to have setbacks. You're going to have all those things that you read about in the books or watch in the movies. I mean, those things mm-hmm. are going to happen to you. So I think you really just have to decide if you're just committed. I mean, I think mm-hmm. I think the physical universe is trying to basically say, okay, how bad do you want it? Okay, so how did you get there in the beginning? Because this show is all about the first $100,000, right? So how did you get committed? How did you know that was the thing you wanted to get committed to? Was the sleep apnea company? Well, you know, I think sleep apnea provided me a vehicle for me to be able to help people. I think I think at the end of the day, I wanted to create a company that was going to help people. And I think the more people you help, the more successful you're naturally going to be. Mm. So I think for me, it was more like, okay, um, sleep apnea just became a vehicle that I thought, hey, this is something that fits into my wheelhouse that I like. I like the healthcare space. I'm a healthcare guy. And I thought, okay, let me do this. And that that is what created the that was the vehicle that I used in order to create, you know, uh, financial freedom for myself. Yeah. Right. I get that. So what's occurring for me or what I'm hearing you say is could have been, could it have been another vehicle? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You just, you just picked one. Right. At the end of the day, one that you would stick to. And I think that's the differentiator we really want to highlight here is what's the one. It doesn't have to be the perfect one. Right. Mm -hmm. What's the one that you're going to stick to? Right. And that's really as you're listening right now on the show, you know, we have CEO of uh, uh, Blackstone, Blackstone Medical, um, Vic Tipness with us. And, you know, Vic is uh, just sharing that he picked, you know, an industry that he liked and he picked a uh, product and a service that could add value to the world because that's really your why your big why, right? And, and and you picked and said, you know what, this is my vehicle. I'm just choosing this vehicle. I could choose any vehicle to take me to financial freedom. This is the one I'm choosing. And it was one that you committed to and dug your heels in, no matter what it's gonna get like, it's gonna get ugly. It's gonna get messy, right? The first few years of any business. Mm-hmm. This is the one I am going to take to the top. And you're doing it, uh, which is fantastic. So again, Thanks. another acknowledgement on that, right? You're doing what a very few, uh, very small, tiny percentage of the world ever accomplishes is sticking to one thing in their life. Yeah, I agree. I think you have to. I think uh, I think it's a it's the wrong move when I see entrepreneurs or people that are trying to make money do multiple things at the same time. Right. It, it is just it is you're never going to get anywhere with that. Yeah. You've got to find one thing and work that angle all day, mm-hmm. every day, and don't get sidetracked. I mean, I can't, I can't, Joe, I can't tell you how many deals I get asked to be a part of on a daily basis. And I just say no. Shiny objects, right? Yeah. I just say no. No, I'm not interested. I mean, I get a deal a day, if mm-hmm. not two. Mm-hmm. And I just say no. Because the minute I do that at this moment in the life cycle of my business, I'm going to get distracted. Now, 
there is one other startup that I'm I am doing, but it's it's within the same wheelhouse. Correct. In terms of what I'm doing, it plays into your current vision. Exactly. So it's not a complete departure from what I'm doing. I'm not mm-hmm. in healthcare, and all of a sudden now I'm getting into the donut business. Exactly. You know. So, but again, I'm in a different life cycle than I think other entrepreneurs that are maybe listening to this that are thinking that are at home wanting to start a business, home-based business, or go out on their own, or whatever it may be, um, my advice to you is to not get distracted by doing multiple things. You, you got to stick with one thing. Vic, I, what, what you're saying is showing up for me in a powerful way, right? I can't tell you how many like networking groups I used to go to, and people would come over to me and hand me literally three different business cards. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, so okay, which one of these is your thing? And they're like, well, all of them. And they were like completely three different industries. Right. Like, okay, so first off, you, you're not going to do uh, be 100% effective in all three. It's just physically impossible. No, it's not. Right? So which is the one that you're going to pick? And I would have these conversations with people, and I would just see the deer in the headlights look. They literally didn't know what they didn't know. Right. And it didn't make them wrong. It just, they weren't getting it. Yeah, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. So you just got to pick one thing. So Vic, you know, I, I always say this on every show, right? We we love to listen to the wisdom of multimillionaires and billionaires, but we struggle to relate to them because 90% of us entrepreneurs are really just struggling to make that first $100,000, that hurdle, that, that validation that, hey, I have a business. Mm-hmm. Hey, this is it. Hey, this is that one thing, right? That that's what you're sharing with us. Take us back to when you were struggling to make your first 100K with Blackstone and paint us a picture and tell us that story. So literally from day one, zero <laughs> revenue. Okay, so when you say 100,000, you mean 100,000 revenue. Gross revenue for Gross the business, revenue. yeah. Okay. Um, you know, that was back in 2012. And, you know, I... Uh, when I started Blackstone the first year, I did close to, I believe, 600,000 in revenue the first year. From zero to 600,000 year one. I went from zero to 600,000 in year one. And when did you hit the 100K mark? How, how, how many months in or weeks it was in? Probably about, it was probably about three months in, three to four months in, um, Got where it. I collectively made 100,000 in a month. Or sorry, total. Got it. Um, but, you know, it would be 25 one month. It would be 50 another month. And mm-hmm. It would be boom, and then you're there. Right. You're um, like you cross the 100K mark. So really, let's hone in um, on the, the first three months because it sounds like you had a very accelerated program right mm-hmm. there for yourself that you created. So what was going on in those three months? From, from day one, paint us a vivid picture. Tell us that story of those first three months. Sure. So, you know, I think what, what I did that worked – um, cause I like, I like sharing things that people, the listening can actually use and apply. Yes. Um, the things that worked for me were identifying what were the actionable items that move the needle for my business. And I don't think a lot of entrepreneurs actually look at it that way and say, mm-hmm. okay, what are my top two, three, four, five, six actionable things that I know that if I do these things, it's going to move the needle. Would you give us an example of one or two in your business? Okay, so you know, I I know that there's a threshold between if I've got a sales rep out in the field that's visiting, let's say, an average of ten to thirteen doctors' offices a day, mm-hmm. 
I see a significant difference between a person that does 10 to 13 a day and someone that does 15 to 20 a day. Okay? So th- that would be an actionable thing. Mm-hmm. So the volume so, of sales calls. Volume <clears throat> of sales calls yeah. means X, right? Got it. So, so that's your law of averages. If I go speak to X amount of people, I'm going to get X amount of return. Yeah. If you want if you want 100 people to show up at your party, you're going to talk to 100? Nope. 200. 1,000. Yeah. Right? It's, sure. You're going to talk to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So, so if I then know my actionable trigger points that I know need to be hit, then it's it would be uh, it would be almost be suppressive for me not to make sure people were doing that, right? If if I had somebody that was doing ten to thirteen a day, I'm basically saying, hey, it's okay, mm. we don't need to make a we don't need to make money, which isn't the yeah, case. Yeah, I get that. So I basically um, was in a position where. Um, I was like, look, you know, I need to make sure that these actionable items get done. And so I, I identified those things, and every single morning, I mean, for about two years, two to three years, every morning I would meet with my sales team every morning at 8.30. Mm. Now, this was when I was a lot smaller, and I just had a rep in or Tampa and St. Pete. So when you just got going, was it just you, or did you have a, a sales team from day one? It was just me day one. Okay, so you were going out and doing calls. I was going out, then I hired another rep pretty quickly thereafter, and then I hired another rep. And so I now I had two reps at that time, and you know they were basically, I would meet with them every morning at 8.30. Mm-hmm. You know? And I know they probably hated it. <laughs> That's not that early. You know, Well, in the sense that it was every day. Got it. Right. And yeah, every, I did the same every thing day, in my first company. and it was like yeah. you know, hey, look, okay, what happened yesterday? What's mm-hmm. happening today? And it was just that conversation. And even if the meeting was for ten minutes, right? You know, it was ten minutes, and it was like, hey, this is the deal. Mm-hmm. So you know, I I think you have to identify what those things are. You know, if if I if I can't identify my successful actions, whether it's trying to get a contract mm-hmm. or um, getting business from blah, then I don't really know what I'm doing number one, because it does push you to figure out exactly what you're doing, Yeah. right? And then so that's what I focused on, and that's what really kind of helped accelerate the growth for me. Yeah, I get that. So like in our business, we we offer a co-working space, right? Shared office space. So an actual uh, item for us, um, we call it wins. What are those... Um, what are those win behaviors that I must do every single day that will eventually lead to output or results, right? Right. Um, So for us, it's uh, how many tours do we give, right? Right. People come in and tour our our workspace, right? So if we're not doing, you know, say 10 tours a week, there's a problem, period. And we know that we can convert one out of two is the bare minimum, 50% closing rate. Um, And if I'm doing it and not to, you know, do my ego or anything like that, but I was closing at 70 to 90% right. when someone walked through the door. Why? Because they already had the pain. Right. They knew what they were coming in for. Right. And it's like, if they walked out the door without my product or service, I did them a disservice in their life. Right. Because I let them leave without taking away their pain. Right. And I know you get that with yeah. your product. Right. Yeah. So what shows up as you're listening to this podcast, right? The show, what's showing up for you in your business? What are those actionable things that need to get done in your business every day in order to bring in that revenue? Right? And are you avoiding them? And if so, you might as well step out of the business now. 
because you're you're literally putting up roadblocks to the business growing organically the way it needs to. Is that a fair way of saying it, Vic? Very correct. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Nice. All right, cool. So uh, describe the biggest fail that you had before making the first 100K. So what showed up for you like in those first three months, like something that you would consider a personal fail? Um, well, you know, I mean, I think my personal fa- – well, you know, it was – I knew I was going to lose money for the first year or two, um, and I did. I lost about $30,000 a month in cash for the first two to three years. Mm-hmm. So I had to constantly be raising money. Mm to offset my losses and but it was uh I was able to do so because I had a company that was, you know, going up statistically. So it wasn't, you know, we weren't throwing, you know, good money after bad money. Correct. So that was probably my biggest hurdles, but I, in terms of mess ups, I don't really have that many. I mm-hmm. think my biggest ones were when I lost my funding. Mm-hmm. Um I was 4 days away from uh well, I, I had an investor had pulled out that was my main investor. Then I was about four days away from bankruptcy. Whoa. So I think we had $2,500 in the bank and couldn't make payroll, and we had no money. We were losing $30,000 a month in cash. What was going on in your mind at that moment? <clears throat> well, you know, I got a call from uh, my then business partner at the time saying that the investor had pulled out, and, you know, we had, uh, you know, we had, I think, around eight or nine employees at the time, but mm-hmm. we had a, you know, payroll that week and we had, we had debt, uh, we had bills, uh, et cetera. And I remember, well, not only did he tell me that the investor was out, but he also was, was kind enough to tell me that he wanted out too at the same time. No way. So then I was basically found myself on my own. And, you know, when I asked him, well, do you have any money? He says, well, my money gave me the whole tied up thing. My money's so tied up. Yeah. money's tied up, right? So I literally had to decide. It was a it was a pretty um, powerful moment in my life in the sense that I literally had two directions I could go in. So it was a crossroad. It was a complete crossroads, and I just decided literally at that moment that I was going to make this work. And I I told this guy that on the phone, I said, look, dude, I'm sorry, but I'm I'm not going to shut down because his idea was and comment was, looks like we're going to have to shut the business down. Mm. And I'm like, no, dude, we're not shutting the business down. I'm going to make it go right. So what was the that 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 reason that made you go against the grain? Because reality was saying shut the business down, right? You're out of money. Investors are backing <clears throat> out. Your business partner's backing out. You can't make payroll. That's reality. That's just real. It's what's so. Mm-hmm. What made you push through that and say, I'm, I'm doing this anyway. I'm going to figure it out. Well, I think I think for me, it's I, I disagree with reality. And I don't, I don't necessarily... I'm senior to reality, so can you explain that? Like, bring it down on the court because that's a, sure. a very polarizing statement. Um, well, your your viewpoints or your consideration are senior to mechanics, right? So, what that means essentially is is you know there could be something going on in the physical universe, right? It it's not it's not physically realistic that you're going to bend metal into a tube and put two flat pieces on the other side of it, and you're going to put people in it. And you're going to fly it across the country. Is that is that realistic? I get that. Okay, it's not realistic. Yeah. Right. So somebody had to say, "Hold on," because your considerations are senior to mechanics. Okay, 
you know what? Maybe I can make this work. Maybe I can bend it the right way, provide enough lift and enough drag, and understand the laws of the universe and say, I'll make this make this happen. Mm-hmm. So these things aren't just happening on their own. There's a causation that's happening mm-hmm. behind it. So you have to decide, and that is a that is a very uh, real thing that what you project and what you cause is always going to bend the physical universe mm. to do what it is that you want it to do. So, mm. yes, there were there were factors around me mm-hmm. that were indicating that this is not going to go well. Mm-hmm. But there were also a lot of other factors that were indicating that it could go well because I was growing. Yes, I was still losing money. But the business was moving in a in an upward direction. Mm-hmm. the The signs were there, so it's a half empty, half full glass thing, right? So that's why it is very real to me that if you consider something, that you're actually gonna you're gonna change the mechanics of it, right? So, and I think every entrepreneur deals with that, and I think any every person around living on this planet deals with that, but. Uh, it's a decision. Either you're going to be a slave to the mechanics of things or you're mm-hmm. going to be senior to it. I like that, man. That's Well, first off, it's like 8 a.m. right now, right? And I'm drinking my uh, Kawa coffee here. Shout out to Kawa. And, uh, you know, you're talking about like moving and bending the physical universe. And I get it, right? I get it. Mm-hmm. I forget who uh, had the quote. It's like, I moved my finger and the universe moved. And And that's really what I'm hearing you say right now is, Either I can be, uh, the reality uh, can cause me to move, or I can cause reality to move. And, and that's the clear decision right there. And you had that moment where reality was leaning in on you to move. And you said, no, you move. And you pushed back and created your own space. Guess who won? Well, I'm thinking you are. <laughs> there you go. Right? So that's fantastic, <laughs> right? Guys, you're listening to this. Sit with that for a second. That's some deep stuff, right? Sit with it and and apply it and say, listen, maybe you're at the point where you're tired of being bent by the universe, right? Bent by reality. Maybe it's time for you to start pushing back and to create your own reality. Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, when you see a person... And we, we all we all can have bad luck at times, right? I've had bad luck at times, but I think as an overall pitcher, if you're sitting there and you're just getting beat up, mm. you know you're getting beat up, then there's something that you're missing. There's something you're not doing. You know, maybe you need to invest in yourself and get some training on something that you're lacking in. You know, and really try to increase your level of ability to be able to handle the things that are coming your way in a better fashion, right? There's, yeah. there's no question that on a day-to-day basis, things are coming your way and your ability to handle those things in a very appropriate and swift manner are going to help uh, mold the direction in things that you take them, you know? And so all of these little things add up. So if you have a person that's just, you know, has a cycle mm. and can't handle the cycle properly, then, you know, how far are you going to go with that? I mean, you know, it's, you know, there was a, there was a, a story that actually Tony Robbins talked about one time where he said, you know, you're, 
you have a circle around you, for example, let's say that circle is five feet. And within that circle, like if you, if you, if you have a, here's an exercise you can do at home. So you take a yellow pad and in the middle, you draw a little circle that's one inch in diameter, right? And around that circle line, you write your problems, right? It could be balancing your checkbook, don't have money for milk, um, don't have money for rent, uh, can't make my car insurance payment, okay? Got it. It's so, just what's so. Yeah, so those are the problems that are attached to that one-inch diameter circle, mm -hmm. right? So now you write, you draw a circle one inch or a half inch bigger than that one around it, mm -hmm. right? And what that represents is when you handle those problems on that circle, now you're going to have a bigger set of problems, mm -hmm. right? Now it's going to be, um, I'm trying to buy a house, yeah, and I need an extra five grand for my down payment, or I'm trying to buy a block, or I'm trying to do this, and blah, blah, blah. And then you take that circle and you draw a bigger circle around it. Well, what problems are around those circles? And then what you realize is you keep going out, people that are successful are dealing with, okay, how do I pay this $10 million tax bill? Mm -hmm. how, what's the best way for me to depreciate my plane? Mm -hmm. So right? they're, they're not trying to run away from problems. They're actually trying to get to the largest problems that they can actually create, and success comes through that. Yeah, I love problems. I, yeah. I, they're, they're, the, the person that says that I want to I, I want to handle all my problems and sit on the beach and have no problems, dude, that does not exist. Yeah. There, there is no sitting on the beach, you have no problems. I tell you, the only way that you're going to have no problems is you're six feet deep, mm. okay? You're going to have problems. Problems are life. It's the it's the it's the quality of the problems that you're dealing with. So right? if, if people are struggling right now to make their first 100k, would it be fair to say that they they have their problems are too small? Yeah, well that's why they need to. It's why if you do this exercise, you can see, like as you start going out and your circle gets bigger, all of a sudden balancing that checkbook and making the insurance payment become pretty insignificant. Right, because you hire it to someone else. <laughs> So right, you don't or you have to deal with it. Right, you're yeah. not having to deal with it, or you've produced so much, so now you're making enough revenue where you don't have to deal with it. Mm -hmm. Right, so so your whole goal—it's a viewpoint. Your whole goal is to say, okay, I want to expand and expand and expand to where the problems I deal with are bigger. Right, like now I, you know, I got a problem now. Like I'm I'm north of fifty employees. I've got a. I'm now mm -hmm. I'm in the situation of the health insurance where we have to provide X. Mm -hmm. You know, we already provide health insurance, but now because of Obamacare, it's it's a different situation. So, I welcome those problems. I get those that. are good problems to have, right? But you can't you can't have this idea that you're never going to have problems. But somebody down the street or that you drove by coming here to to this office is probably dealing with a problem of just you know can't balance their checkbook. Yeah, I get that. So always be chasing uh, bigger problems. Bigger problems. Yeah, I get yeah. that. Right. So that's a totally different way of thinking as you're listening to Vic speak right now, you know, and, and obviously this is what's showing up in his life and what's making his business successful is that he's constantly chasing larger problems, knowing that with larger problems comes larger rewards. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. That's cool. Okay. So listen, you know, I get you're a rock star, bro, and you got this badass mentality, right? Which, which is really fantastic. We all have fear though right? Internal. It's made up. It really doesn't exist in reality, but somehow we bring it into reality. 
What was a fear that was still there present for you in the beginning that you had to struggle with? Um, you know, I, I fear, fear, everyone has fear to a degree. I think it's a gradient scale. Um, I definitely had fear, but I think my biggest fear, uh, was not being who I knew I should be. And I think that's what's always been my biggest fear. There's there's nothing else that I fear other than that. I, I don't fear um, being considered a loser by somebody else or, oh my God, you failed. No, for me, it's, it's, it's waking up one day in 20 years from now and knowing that I'm not the person that I knew I should be. Mm. And that's my biggest fear that drives me. Is that something that you create now? This is the person I'm going to be in 20 years. And in 20 years, if I'm not that person, that's my biggest fear. Is yeah. that how you arrive at that? Yeah. I mean, I think you're always chasing yourself. I saw an interesting speech by Matthew McConaughey when he won the Oscar. And, and he and, and it was exactly what I felt in that, you know, somebody asked him, who's your, who's your, who's your hero? Mm. And he says, well, you know, I don't know. Let me think about it. So uh, a couple of weeks later, he runs to the guy and the guy says, okay, well, who's your hero? And he goes, you know what? It's me 10 years from now. You know, and for me, it's me 10 years from now. But in 10 years, if I'm not who I know I should be in 10 years, that's my fear. Mm. So I've got to do everything I can now to make sure that I'm I'm going to be that person who I want to be. And I think that's the fear that just kind of keeps pushing me through, mm-hmm. you know. And it's a good fear that you created. It's a fear that drives you towards better bettering yourself yeah. right becoming the best version of yourself yeah absolutely yeah i like that yeah that's really cool did you actually like uh write down like an avatar of your future self 10 years from now you know i have an ideal scene okay um in terms of what i want uh in different aspects of my life so yeah okay got it yeah that's cool man i like it bro all right so uh you know we're talking about fear we're talking about wins and everything um, what was like the aha moment that you had back then that pushed you over the 100K mark, right? Within three months, there was, it could have been a little aha, it could have been a large aha. What was that aha moment that kind of pushed you over that hurdle? Um, you know, I think, I think very early on when I started seeing the right indications that the business really uh, could be very successful, I think for me it was kind of validation proof of concept. Yeah, sure. Um, I think that was very an that was an aha moment for me. Like, okay, I, I got it right. It wasn't just in my head. Yeah, that's huge for us. Yeah, right. Otherwise, yeah. we have all this self doubt. Yeah, self doubt. Right. I've yeah. had that for the first four years of my business. Right, and it will still creep in, even though the business is working. It's successful. We're doing yeah. great profit margins for our industry. Yeah, like there's still this mechanism inside my head that says, oh, it's not going to work. It's right. going to fail. Right. And I'm like, that doesn't even match reality. It right. is working. It is succeeding. Why is that even there? Yeah. But that's the human condition. Welcome to humanity, right? Yeah. That's kind of cool. All right. So it's easy to have these aha moments, right? And to say, okay, the business is working. Uh, but then it's really difficult for us, also a human condition, to actually execute on an aha moment. Even so, yours is a little different because yours was a validation that your things are currently working. Like, how did you like keep executing and performing at the level um, that was working and not give in to the self doubt? I think that's probably a good way to say it. You know, I I've actually been uh, 
fortunate there. I've been actually really lucky that I, I, I can execute on aha moments and I don't really give into the self-doubt. I, I just, I just ignore it. You can, you can, there's a, you know, there's a term called act and shred. And it's basically like you, you just acknowledge that thought and you just shred it. Yeah. You just act and shred. Got it. Yeah. Just, yeah. Just, oh, okay. And you get rid of it because it's not really you. Yeah. See, I get that totally. It's like I get the self-doubt comes in and I'm like, okay, that's interesting. Like, where did that come from? Right. right? Everything's going well in this, like, yeah. you're going to fail. Yeah. Thought comes in. I acknowledge it. I'm like, I acknowledge you're there. Thank you so much. Thanks for stopping by. Take care. Right. I choose this. Exactly. Yeah. So that's that's act, act and shred? Act. Act. Short like for acknowledgement. Acknowledge. Got it. Cool. All right. Looking back at your first 100K, in your opinion, what was the number one thing that got you over the hurdle? Number one thing. It could be professional. It could be personal. What was the number one thing? Was it mindset? Was it something else? What was it? Uh, I think it was. I think it was executing properly. Okay. Devising the right plan yeah. to get me from zero to a hundred. Did you create that plan by yourself, or did you pull in counsel? No. I mean, it, it was. It was pretty. It was pretty A to B. Okay. So you created it yourself. Yep. You sat down. How long did it take you? Uh, How much time did you put into it? Well, I mean, I devised kind of my my the plan of exactly how I was going to execute it. So I think it evolved over several hours or days, mm-hmm. you know, and then it was just like, okay, this is what I need to do to execute on it. Gotcha. So I know some of you are listening right now and you don't have a plan. I know that. Vic, you know that, right? Most people don't. Most people don't yeah. have a plan. No. I speak with them all the time, right? They're just winging it, hoping for the best, right? Yeah. Crossing their fingers and then wondering why life is showing up a certain way. Right. Why they're... Uh, struggling with small problems, right? And consuming their life rather than big problems. Yeah, like you said, I get that. What was the best business advice that you received prior to your first hundred thousand? Uh, business advice. Uh, you know the best business. I, I never had a lot of mentors, so I would say that the best business advice that I ever read was by Warren Buffett, where he had. Rule number one and rule number two. Rule number one was don't lose money. Rule number two is refer to rule number one. Yeah, yeah. that's just funny. Got it. All right, share one of your daily habits back then, Vic, that got you to where you are today. So something you did every day. Mm, I, I think I was just focused. I was all in. I think my daily habit was not was not getting distracted and really just focused on the business and 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 the things that again and, and I keep harping on this, but it's the important factors of the business. You gotta you gotta you gotta ignore the other things that are gonna distract you, and you you end up spending several hours on things that just don't generate revenue. And I think in the very beginning, it's it's you have to have a uh, almost a neurotic approach to revenue. You, you've got to be mm-hmm. building revenue. You're 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 not gonna save your way to a million dollars. You're not gonna save your way to profitability. You've got to generate revenue mm. revenue solves problems period it does it, it, you can't have this mindset when oh well let me let's start cutting back no that's scarcity mindset mm-hmm. you've got to say okay what can we do to double the revenue double the revenue triple the revenue that's 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 what solves problems gotcha so what i'm hearing you say is that your daily habit back then that got you to where you are now is a laser focus on what is bringing in revenue for this company, ignoring everything else, and just keying in on that day after day after day. Yep. And I do the same thing now. I, I, all, all I care about is growing revenue. 
I have I have uh, a CFO that manages mm-hmm. the books. You know, I, I, I so I don't worry about that aspect of the business. My my number one focus is how do I generate more revenue? How do I add another ten million dollars revenue? Yeah, that's it. And it, and if you look at most or many mm-hmm. top CEOs, they know their role, and it's exactly that. Yeah. Oh, I bring revenue into the company. That's it. I don't worry about all the other stuff. I got people for that, right? So getting clear about what your superpower is. Your right. superpower is I bring revenue into the company. Right. Period. Yeah. Love it. Awesome. Okay, so we are about to enter the hustle round. So this is where I ask you 12 quick fire questions. All right. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. All right. First thing that comes to you. Cool. You ready? Yeah, go. Here we go. What is your favorite sound? Cha-ching. <laughs> Kevin Harrington, I interviewed him, yeah. the original Shock on Shock Tank, and uh, same exact answer. It's <laughs> hilarious. Uh, what's your least favorite sound? Uh, <laughs> okay, got it. When you were a child, what did you want to be when you grew up? Uh, I wanted to first be an NFL player, then I wanted to be a businessman. I love it. Okay. What are you most afraid of? Uh, failure. Failure. Got it. What did you spend way too much time on, in your opinion, your first year in business? Dealing with a bad investor. Mm-hmm. What secret fear do you have about people? I really think I have one. Uh, what do you wish you had learned way sooner in business? Uh, think bigger than you're thinking. Mm, yeah, I get that. What is a new habit you want to form? Uh... I'd like to try to work out in the mornings, but I just can't do it. <laughs> I'm the same way. Yeah. Evenings is uh, evenings thing. is the thing. Dude, if I work out in the morning, I'm done for the rest of the day. Yeah, I want to go now. Yeah. Yeah. Get it. What's a bad habit you want to break? This. What? Sometimes when I'm thinking, I go, I start making this noise. <laughs> so that's a bad habit I need to break. I actually liked it because yeah. the audience still knows you're there. Pick three words to describe who you are now. Uh, grateful. Uh, humble, lighthearted. Yeah, I get that about you. Pick three words to describe who you were first year in business. Uh, stressed, overwhelmed, and uh, concerned. I get that. Yeah. How many years ago was that? Uh, five years ago. Got it. Hey, folks, five years to build a successful business. Three to five years, right? Yep. You got to put in the time. Yep. Don't quit. That's the big lesson there. Okay, imagine some time in the distant future and there you are standing in front of your tombstone. Read to us what it says on it. This guy helped a lot of people. Yeah, I get that. Okay, last question, Vic. If you could come back to life after you died and tell your family, friends, and loved ones only one piece of advice, you would tell them what? That you're coming back. (laughs) That's one of the best answers I've heard. Okay, Vic. Excuse me. What's the best way for our listeners to get in touch with you? Best way to get in touch with me? Well, you know, my company website's blackstonemedicalservices.com. Obviously, on social media, my uh, Twitter handle and Instagram, Facebook is my name, first and last, Vic Tipness. So it's V-I-C-K-T-I-P-N-E-S. Follow me there. I put out a lot of content uh, about entrepreneurship how to get started, what to do, um, document a lot of the things that I go through on a daily basis to help provide some level of value uh, for you. Yeah, I get that. 
Guys, as you're listening to this, I, I could tell you I watch Vic's videos. So many people watch his videos. You just get thousands and thousands of people watching and commenting on, on your videos, Vic. And really good inspiration. And what I like about you is you're, you're a deep thinker. So you're actually talking about meaningful things, like what's going on in between your ears on a daily mm -hmm. basis rather than what's occurring out in the world. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's night and day different perspective. I like that a lot. Thanks. So, Vic, thanks for joining us today, and we wish you uh, peace, love, and superpowers. Yeah, thanks, cheers. man. You got it, brother. Startup Nation, you cannot show up authentically in your business without building faith in your business. If you want to have that conversation on the faith side of things, go check out my other podcast called Broken Catholic. On that show, I interview all different guests about why the world isn't working right now. Plus, I tackle unspeakable topics that you may secretly struggle with, but won't admit. We got to get your faith right to get your business right. Go to BrokenCatholic.com. I'm Joseph Warren, and you were made for greatness. So stop being a wuss and start being a winner. Have a blessed day, and I'll see you right back here next week.